0: Good morning, and welcome to a little bit of a different episode of the SAR Fellowship podcast. Uh, Usually, we just take the sermon audio, drag it, and drop it uh, into this podcast, but. Uh, As many of you know on Friday last week uh, we had a battery fail in the middle of the message Uh, so God bless you if you sat at home with friends or family and uh, watched me talk for 10 minutes with absolutely no sound until my wife burst into the office to tell me um, that your microphone stopped working. Um, She tried to call me about 4 or 5 times during the message uh, to the point where I thought something was seriously wrong. So when she turned up, I was expecting the worst. So when she turned up and opened the door to my office where I'm stood preaching to the camera, um, to say the least, I was a little bit relieved when she said, look, one of your batteries has died and nobody can hear you. Uh, So God bless you if you stuck with us and if you looked but didn't listen for a good 10 or 12 minutes. Um, Thank you to Robin for bursting in. Uh, to tell me one of your batteries has gone uh, so as I said on Friday what we're going to do is uh, this will be now me giving the message um, as was on Friday and uh, I hope that uh, now in its entirety uh, it's a bit more useful to you uh, than it was uh, in pieces on Friday so before we begin uh, let's just take a moment to pray Father, we thank you uh, for all that you've blessed us with um, in our lives and in your church at Sorrow Fellowship. We thank you for all this wonderful technology that we've got that allows us to be together socially and spiritually when we cannot be so physically. And uh, Lord, would you give us a right and proper perspective and uh, a bit of patience and understanding when things like this inevitably fail us sometimes. So as we turn now back to your word uh, that we started to look at on Friday... Uh, Again, Lord, would you give us ears to hear what is being said, Uh, but may we really hear from you. May you give us eyes to see what is written in this text. But again, may we really be looking to you, the author and inspirer of this text in Jesus name. So maybe at the moment, then with the world in the state that it's in, maybe you feel like your life is not really going anywhere at the moment and everything is on hold. None of us would have planned for 2020 to begin uh, like this, would we? No way did we plan as a church to meet for five, six, seven weeks at the start of 2020 and then just go online for services. Um, You know, we, we absolutely didn't plan lots of us to not leave the country this year. Um, We absolutely didn't plan to send our kids to school for a few weeks, have them at home for a few more weeks and then maybe now take them back to school in a kind of hybrid format. So maybe you feel like your life is on hold at the moment, but I would really invite you to see this period, to see this season through the lens of the text that we're gonna look at this morning in Daniel chapter 10 so I'd really invite you and encourage you to see your life to see this period of your life this season as a time of preparation which as we're gonna see this morning is very very important as Connell read for us then today we're looking at uh, Daniel chapter 10 and the last couple of chapters of Daniel chapters 10 11 12 are actually one big cohesive unit And I think it's one of those places in the Bible where the chapter divisions and the verse numbers, which, by the way, are not inspired as the text is inspired. They were put in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years after the text was written. So it's one of those places in the Bible, I really think, where chapter and verse kind of obscures what's actually going on. Usually, if we're reading a novel or a book or a anything with chapters really, we see a new chapter and we think, oh, okay, it's a new focus, there's a new character coming on the scene, we're in a new location, something different's happening, but Daniel 10, 11, 12 is actually one cohesive unit, but we don't have 12-hour services uh, where we can... Uh, Expound and exposit three chapters of quite long Old Testament narrative. So, what we're going to do is we're going to stick with just chapter 10 and the first verse of chapter 11. So, Daniel 10, 11, and 12 then is one vision, and Daniel chapter 10 in particular is preparing the prophet. It's the preparation of the prophet because chapter 10 sets the scene for this spectacular message. Daniel's gonna get next week or we that we will see next week in what we would call Daniel chapter 11 it talks about a time of great persecution and of testing for the people of Israel but first there needs to be a time of preparation doesn't it being prepared for what is to come you can't go from a straight to Z zero to a hundred you don't run a marathon without training you can't climb Everest without preparing you shouldn't take an exam without studying You know what I mean? So there needs to be a time of preparation. And I read a story last week about a Japanese emperor who commissioned an artist to paint a bird. And after a number of months, a couple of years went by and uh, there was no painting brought to his palace. So he, he went over to the home of the artist and demanded to know what was going on. And the artist took out a blank canvas, put it on his stand and in under an hour painted this masterpiece for the emperor. And it didn't really calm the passions of the emperor. And he demanded to know, look, if you can do that in under an hour, why haven't you done it? And the artist pulled out of a cupboard loads of pictures of feathers and wings and heads and feet and beaks of birds that he'd drawn and explained that all of his research and study and preparation had been necessary before he could complete the task that he was given to do. So very, very simply then, times of preparation are very, very important. So we're going to walk through chapter 10, hopefully this time uninterrupted, and uh, we're going to see what happens. So the first thing that we see in chapter 10, verse 1, we get another time stamp. When did this happen? We read, in the third year of King Cyrus of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, who was also called Belteshazzar. This message was true and concerned a great war. This would have been about 536 BC. Daniel would have been about 84 years old. And it looks like then Daniel received this vision and it was so mind-bendingly difficult that he then prayed and fasted over this for three weeks. And three weeks later, a messenger comes along to explain it all. By this time, in the, the bigger picture of things, people had begun returning to Jerusalem. The temple was being rebuilt. You can read about that in Ezra chapters 1 and 2. If you've never read the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, if you're a bit put off by the historical aspect of it all, um, as a church, we've actually published a book, kind of a somewhere between a, a commentary and a devotional through the books of uh, Ezra and Nehemiah, I'd really encourage you. To look at those books, Ezra and Nehemiah, these wonderful historical accounts of what happened uh, in the lives of God's people. So you can read about that in Ezra 1 and 2, the temple's being rebuilt, and Daniel must have hoped that peace and prosperity uh, were bound to follow. But sadly, not. We read, didn't we, that this message was true and concerned a great war. So he understands that this, this vision that he's had, that he's struggling to really understand, spells future difficulties for the people. And we see in verse two, he says that he was mourning for three whole weeks. And then a messenger comes to prepare the prophet, to prepare Daniel, to prepare him to be given the details of this vision. And so this messenger arrives on the 24th day, the first month, that would have been the month that Daniel and the nation celebrated the Passover. And Daniel's out and about, standing beside the river Tigris, and he sees a man clothed in linen with gold from a place called Uphaz around his waist. If you're a cross-referencing kind of person, uh, gold from Uphaz is also referenced in Jeremiah 10, verse 9. And there's a lot of description here. Daniel's trying to describe the indescribable. His body looks like yellow jasper. face looks like lightning. Eyes are like blazing torches. Arms and feet are like Polished bronze, voices like the sound of a large crowd. So who is this? Well, it's not specifically said. Some people like to think it's Gabriel, but there's no real basis for that in the text. Some people think it's a pre-incarnate Christ. So it's Jesus, it's physically Jesus before the time when he forever wedded himself to humanity in his incarnation because there's a similarity in in how this messenger is described and how Jesus is described as physically looking in the book of Revelation. But just because something is kind of similar, it doesn't actually mean it's the same, does it? There's a very, very similar incident in the book of Revelation where there's four horsemen of the apocalypse, as they're colloquially known, And the first one is a guy on a white horse and you think it's a white horse. In the book of Revelation, it must be Jesus. But if we read kind of carefully in Revelation, we see that the guy on the white horse, the first guy on the white horse that we read about is some demonic dictator that wants to rule by killing people. And here in Daniel, this guy dressed in a similar way, appearing in a similar way to Jesus, is later in the chapter, he says he's delayed by some demonic force, some kind of satanic right-hand man kind of figure. And we know, don't we, that Jesus, as God the Son, could never be delayed, engaged in a tussle with some run-of-the-mill demon. So at first glance, yeah, I guess it, it, it's similar. The descriptions are similar. But when we look a bit deeper and we look a bit more carefully, it can't be Jesus, can it? And then this message begins, only Daniel sees this man, his friends didn't, they were overcome with fright, tried to to hide, they (laughs) ran away. Daniel's alone, his strength drains from him, his vigour disappears, his energy disappears. And this is what perceiving supernatural events does to someone. This is what the Bible teaches that what happens to you when you perceive something truly supernatural, you're not overwhelmed into some uncontrollable state where you're rolling around on the floor like an animal, you lose your mind, you don't know what you're doing. Our God is a God of power, and yes, and overwhelming love, yes, but of self-control too. Paul writes to Timothy that God didn't give us a spirit of fear but of power and love and self-control. So Daniel's not losing his mind, dancing, falling down on the floor, barking like a dog. He's not doing any of that. He's drained. He falls down in reverence and just a state of utter amazement. He doesn't go crazy. Kenneth Gangle wrote that coming into the presence of God's messenger doesn't always bring indescribable joy. Daniel was emotionally drained and all his human resistance completely disappeared. I love that. All his human resistance. He's confronted with something so otherworldly, so supernaturally spectacular, that all his human resistance completely disappeared. A hand touches him, strengthens him, kind of sits him up on his hands and knees, and he hears a voice Daniel, you are of great value. Understand the words I am about to speak to you, so stand up, for I have been sent to you. Don't be afraid, Daniel, for from the very first day you applied your mind to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. I have come in response to your words. However, the prince of the kingdom of Persia was opposing me for 21 days. But Michael, one of the leading princes, came to help me because I was left there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to help you understand what will happen to your people in future days for the vision pertains to days to come. So since you started to apply yourself and humble yourself before God, your words were heard, we shouldn't pass over this lightly. An angel was dispatched with specific help and instructions for Daniel because of his posture and his prayer. This is another great reminder in this book that prayer matters. Prayer is so important. It's not just some therapeutic exercise for the person who's praying, kind of process all your emotions, get them off your chest, speak them away. Prayer is so important and this messenger comes in response to Daniel's prayer. He wanted to come straight away, but we see he was delayed by the prince of the kingdom of Persia for 21 days. This must be an equal then to the messenger, our messenger, Daniel's messenger, this adversary, an evil angel, a satanic representative, a demon, probably the easiest way to say it. Because people cannot fight with angels, angels can't fight with God. So there's an angelic tussle going on here. The prince of the kingdom of Persia was opposing me, says Daniel's messenger, for 21 days. But Michael, one of the great princes, he's a well-known angel, isn't he? It's most likely that you could probably name two from the Bible, Gabriel and Michael. One of the leading princes we see every time we see michael named in the bible it's in the context of a fight every time we see michael in the bible it's in the context of going into battle on behalf of god and his people michael comes to take over this angelic tussle so the messenger is free to come to daniel says now i have come to help you understand what will happen to your people in future days for the vision pertains to days to come. Let's not miss the context there. I've come to help you understand what will happen to your people. This revelation, this revealing, this disclosure, this telling is going to be of warfare between Israel, your people, and her neighbors until Israel is given peace by the Prince of Peace. So what the messenger is going to explain to Daniel and what we're going to talk about next week in Daniel chapter 11, most people would hold to be the most detailed prophetic passage in this book, possibly in the whole Bible. But I think the book of Revelation would uh, have something to say about that. This messenger continues then. Daniel's flat on the ground again, unable to speak. Uh, one who looks like a human touches his lips. Maybe your Bible says something that looks like a hand. That's fine as well. Uh, Daniel starts to speak to this messenger. He's anxious and he's got no strength due to this vision. This time of preparation, this interaction with this angelic supernatural messenger this time of preparation is hard for daniel it's hard work he's anxious and he feels drained seeing this and experiencing this is really taking it out of daniel daniel's time of preparation then is hard work and maybe you feel the same at the moment maybe you're feeling that too at the moment Everything else in your life is on pause, and you are in the middle, you're in the thick of this time of preparation. Maybe you feel anxious. Maybe you feel tired. Maybe you feel in need of some strengthening from a supernatural helper. Daniel says, anxiety has gripped me and I've got no strength. How, sir, am I able to speak with you? My strength is gone and I'm breathless. Now, in context, what he's saying here is something like, I'm experiencing pain and anxiety. It's like childbirth. I'm not sure what the ladies in, in our church family would say about that. But it's the same kind of language. It's the same kind of phrasing that's used of childbirth in the Old Testament. So Daniel was so much, so very severely affected by seeing this vision and having this interaction that he could barely breathe, much less deal with all the complexities of this spectacular prophecy and vision that he was given. He says, how, sir, am I able to speak with you? My strength is gone and I'm breathless. The messenger says again that Daniel is highly valued and strengthens him and Daniel acknowledges the strength that's given to him and then the messenger says, do you know why I've come to you? He says he's about to leave and return to battle, that angelic tussle that Michael has jumped into with the prince of Persia who's a demon attached to the earthly, fleshly empire and kingdom of Persia says, then the Prince of Greece is coming. And we've talked about that a couple of times, haven't we, that how history now lines up with the prophecy that was given here. And in this chapter, as a quick side note, we see a little bit of additional information about these empires, you know, the, the Babylon, the Persia, the Greek, the Rome. We see that they've got a spiritual and a supernatural nature and element to them as well. The Prince the kingdom of Persia, the Prince of Greece. These are demonic, satanic forces, helpers, beings attached to these earthly fleshly empires. And it adds more truth to the things that Jesus says in John, chapters 12, 14 and 16, where he refers to Satan as ruler of this world. And we know, don't we? We've seen with with Michael that he is kind of the, the angelic ambassador, God's appointed angel over the nation of Israel. And we see here then that the same is true with the powers of darkness as well. Satan referred to as the ruler of this world. And we've got the prince of the kingdom of Persia and the prince of Greece, They've also got representatives attached to worldly empires as Michael is to God's people. So this messenger then is going to jump back into this tussle. Michael's holding that down at the moment, but he says, I will first before I leave, I'll first tell you what's written in a dependable book. And then we get a little bit of extra information. It's maybe it's between brackets in your Bible. It's almost like the messenger is just kind of chatting with Daniel. So before I go, I'll tell you what's written in a dependable book. And you know, look, there's no one who strengthens me except these princes, except Michael, your prince. And in the first year of Darius the Mede, I stood to strengthen him and to provide protection for him. So he's saying, look, I'll tell you what's going on before I leave. Actually, Michael, no, no one else can strengthen me other than Michael. Actually, as well, in the first year of Darius, I did it for him. And I think the fact that we've got another timestamp here, the first year of Darius the Mede, is why we've got a chapter break, when actually there doesn't really need to be. So we read that, uh, before I leave, I'll tell you what's written in a dependable book, and at first glance we might think that that's referring to the Bible, but remember that Daniel didn't have the Bible that we've got, so it's most likely here it's referring to... God's word, big picture, God's will regarding Israel's future. You know, we've talked about the future of your people and your prince. We're very focused here on God's chosen people the nation of Israel. So the messenger is about to tell Daniel God's plans for Israel under Persia and Greece. Then later in the tribulation and then later, later in the millennium kind of confusing that there's another time stamp Uh, but again remember that these are not inspired intervals as the text is inspired the chapters the numbers they're not divinely spoken out as the word of God is and the things that we'll talk about next week Daniel chapter 11 they flow seamlessly on but we need to pause here we need to think about what has happened so far before we go really deep into this truth this vision this message uh, next week. So Daniel was being prepared then for what was really to come. This is good, no doubt. What we would call Daniel chapter 10 is good, no doubt. This is a supernatural encounter for him. There's strengthening, there's a time of preparation, but the best is yet to come. Daniel's current circumstances and situation then were not all that there was ever going to be for him. It was going to get much, much better. And the same was true for God's people at the time in general. And the same is true for you too. Your current circumstances and situation are not all that there ever will be. Your best is yet to come. Remember then that in chapter 10, this is part of a three chapter vision. So this is just the beginning. This is just the preparation. When Daniel told the people about this, the angel appearing, the setting things up, the people would have taken huge encouragement from knowing that they are under angelic protection and that their prayers are heard. We read of Michael, your prince, and here the way that this was written originally, your prince, the the, the your refers to a, a group of people. Your prince, the prince, The angelic attachment to God's people. They would have taken huge encouragement from being about to understand what will happen to your people in future days. And knowing that your prayers are heard and that Michael, your prince, is actively battling on your behalf. Knowing then that they still occupied a special place in God's affections despite their sin, their rebellion, and their general lack of ability to uphold the covenant must have been hugely encouraging for them. Knowing that they were still loved and valued and cared for despite how things looked around them would have been hugely encouraging for them. So what does this do for you, And for me then, because we are not God's chosen people, the nation of Israel living here under Persian rule, nearly 2,500 years ago, are we? That's not you and that's not me. So what does this text do for you and for me? Well, Daniel's about to receive a detailed message about future days and he needs to be prepared. And for the most part, this is very, very typical and true in our lives, isn't it? Big things happen in our lives and there needs to be a time of preparation first. It's a very, very common thing in our lives. And it's actually a very, very common thing to see in scripture too. I think about Noah, who was told to build the ark anywhere up to 120 years later, those flood waters came. Abraham, promised children, waited 15 years for Isaac, the son through whom the promise would pass. Joseph, man of visions, dreams, the first person we read of in the Bible, on whom the Holy Spirit rested, sold into slavery at 17, entered Pharaoh's service at 30, from which position he could provide for his family and God's people with stewardship, good stewardship and saving and then redistribution of resources. 13 years he was between being sold as a slave and entering Pharaoh's service at 30. Moses took him 40 years to really identify with God's people as one of them. Another 40 years tending flocks until he sees the burning bush and receives his commission. And even then, it didn't go particularly smoothly, did it? Think about David, he was anointed and he had to wait 15 to 20 years to take on the the roles of king for the different kingdoms. Simeon and Anna, a prophetess living in the temple, a little bit older in years, waiting their whole lives to see this Messiah, this Christ, this baby, and this saw Jesus. Think about Paul, who went off into Arabia, the desert, the wilderness, to really confirm and affirm God's call on his life in this radical new direction. He went off to, to confirm and affirm, is this really what you want me to do with all the zeal that I've got for you. Are you sure this is what you want me to do? And then I think of the ultimate example in Jesus. His time of preparation as a younger person. He wasn't born as a 30-something-year-old man who came announcing the kingdom of God, was he? We read in scripture that he was growing. He was demonstrating that the favor of God was upon him. We read that he was about 12 questioning the teachers in Jerusalem. We read that in his humanity, he increased with wisdom and in stature, in favor with God and with people. I think too about his time in the wilderness, led there by the Holy Spirit to prove, to evidence, to show his quality and character before coming back and starting a new season in his life of teaching and preaching. And so then, what about you? Do you feel like you're in a period of preparation right now? Do you feel like your life is on hold at the moment and nothing is really happening, that everything is in front of you, but nothing much is happening for you right now? And if you feel like that, you're in very, very good company. And I wonder if you can point to a period like that in your life. I know that I can and if you're there and if you're feeling like you're ready for the next step but you're still in that period of preparation that's really really hard. I've definitely been there but it's so important that you trust God's timing and that you know that he is all loving and all wise which means that whatever's going to happen will work out the best time for it to happen. The time that glorifies him the most. The time that imparts the biggest blessing to you the best time possible daniel wasn't just given all this in one big lump was he he saw this vision he prayed he fasted some angelic supernatural help was dispatched even then he needed preparing to receive what this messenger had to say And we see that to be used of the lord we first need to be prepared by the lord To be used of the Lord, first we need to be prepared by the Lord. So Daniel's about to receive then this super detailed message about future days, and he needs to be prepared to do so. As Daniel was prepared to receive, have you been prepared, or are you being prepared at the moment? I would so strongly encourage you to see this season of your life as a time of preparation. Rather than wishing this season of life away, praying it away, just stop and pause. Look at all the extra time you're getting to spend with your loved ones. Look at all the time you've got to to pause and to stop and to think. God, what are you trying to show me in my life at the moment? Maybe you feel like your life is not really going anywhere at the moment and everything is on hold. But I would so strongly encourage and invite and exhort you to see this, this period of your life, this season of your life, through the lens of Daniel 10 as a time of preparation, which, as we saw today, And we'll pick up the thread of next week is very very important use this time welcome this time we always want to be understanding our lives through the lens of scripture not trying to understand scripture by what's happening in our lives that's completely backwards so today let us look at our lives through the lens of daniel 10 backed up by jesus times of preparation are very important and something we should welcome and actually look for and seek out. The Holy Spirit took Jesus into the wilderness to prove, to demonstrate, to evidence his character and his qualities. Times of preparation are things that we should actively seek out. So do you need to lean into this season of your life then? Rather than wish it and pray it away, do you need to use this season as a time of preparation? A time to prepare yourself for all that God has in store for you. Where we need to lose our human resistance as Daniel did here. Where we need to be strengthened and filled supernaturally. Not with our own efforts as Daniel was here. Do you need to seek out a time of preparation as Paul did and as Jesus did in the wilderness? If you feel that you do, and if we're honest, all of us do. To some degree we'll close with this prayer that john calvin wrote many many years ago he said may we be cast down in ourselves and raised by hope and faith toward heaven basically may we lose our own efforts and may we be filled with strength from the lord may we be cast down in ourselves and raised by hope and faith toward heaven when prostrate before thy face May we so conduct ourselves in the world as in the interval to become free from all the depraved desires and passions of our flesh and dwell mentally in heaven. Very, very simply then, let us choose to live our lives now as a time of preparation for the future. We hope to see you online next Friday for church online. Everything you need, you can find at sarfellowship.com. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 11. But until then, God bless.